Welcome to another episode of Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Today, we're going to be working on planning out our 2020. If you haven't given much thought to planning your year before, I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. Planning is one of those things that we sometimes think doesn't play well with ADHD, but I've learned that planning is actually one of the most effective ways to manage my ADHD. We're always going to be impulsive, and that's not a bad thing, but sometimes we want to rein that in, and our best chance at reining in impulsivity is forethought. In today's session, we're going to be going over how to set goals without making them too challenging, figuring out where our focus is going to be next year, updating our calendars with the most important stuff first, and you might be surprised with what that is, and then going over why we want to be doing our most important goals first. I'm really proud of this episode, and I'd really love it if you shared it with someone that could also use some help planning their year. Just take a second and click that share button on your podcast player. If you'd like to follow along with today's show on our show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash planning2020. All right then, let's mosey. As we jump into planning 2020, there are a number of things that we want to keep in mind. Foremost being that what we are creating here is just a guide. There is no way that we could sit down and plan out every day until the end of the year and have it really be meaningful. Every Friday, I try to spend some time planning out my next week. And even in that single week period, it can be tricky to accurately plan. I know for a long time, I felt like planning my year was a waste of my time because I knew that the winds would shift and anything I had written down wouldn't matter anymore. Except, what I didn't realize was that my plans could shift with those winds as well. It has taken some time, but I've started realizing the value in creating plans that are just as flexible as I am. Just because I've written something down on my calendar, doesn't mean it can't change. My fear of planning stemmed from me worrying that I was boxing myself in. But in truth, by not planning, I was limiting myself even more. This isn't to say that you will accomplish everything you write down while planning. And in fact, let me be very clear here that unless you are underselling yourself, you're not going to get to everything. When we're planning, we really want to be challenging ourselves. I read a lot of science fiction. Currently, I'm on the fifth book of the Expanse series, and while these books are fiction, they often take points from the real world. One example I like is the Goldilocks zone, which is a term scientists use for the area of a solar system that has planets that could possibly be inhabitable. There's only a small sliver of a solar system that can easily support life. If your planet is too close to the sun, it's going to be too hot, and if it's too far away, it'll be too cold. To support life, it has to sit somewhere in the middle. It has to be just right. When we're planning, we're trying to find our own Goldilocks zone. We want to plan out our year so that we are challenging ourselves just the right amount. We don't want to challenge ourselves so much that we get overwhelmed by it. But on the other side of things, we don't want to challenge ourselves so little that it isn't motivating. We've got to find something that's just right for us. And I really want you to keep this in mind today, because the right amount of challenge for me is probably not going to be the right amount for you. The way I try to judge my Goldilocks zone is by feeling out my anxiety. If what I've written down gives me zero anxiety, it's probably too far in my wheelhouse to be a real challenge. When I feel anxiety, it's kind of like a weird tension in the back of my neck and into my shoulders. And as my anxiety rises, my need to fidget increases. I need to move. 
So if I write something down and it makes me feel like I can't sit still, I know I've started hitting a threshold of where I could slip over into way too much anxiety, where the challenge is just going to debilitate me. If I feel like I need to walk around the block, that's probably good. If I feel like I need to run a marathon, that's clearly too much. While I'm planning, it is all too easy for me to fall outside of the Goldilocks zone. I'll set goals I know I could hit, but because I'm not pushing myself, I get bored and never start them. Or I get swept up in the motivation I have while I'm planning, and I just assume that I'm going to be highly motivated for the next six months straight. Spoiler alert, that motivation is going to go away, and those plans become just as worthless as the two easy ones because I don't end up doing them either. Unfortunately, no one else can tell you what the best level of challenge is going to be. You know yourself best, so think back to those times where you were challenging yourself and it felt great. Where did that feeling come from? Spend some time and try and figure out how you might be able to recreate those feelings. Undoubtedly, we'll get it wrong sometimes. I know I have. Just because a task or goal seems easy doesn't mean it is. And just because a task seems impossible doesn't mean it will be. Our first big task while we're planning out our year is to start visualizing how we want the year to end. For a long time, visualization felt like a bunch of new age woo-woo nonsense to me. But I've started coming along. The real turning point for me came when I realized that I didn't know what I wanted with some of my goals. As I was trying to rewrite the goals as SMART goals, I couldn't figure out how to verbalize what completing the goals would look like. And as I tried to picture what it was that I wanted out of the goals, I realized I was doing a visualization exercise. And I think that is actually the biggest benefit of visualization. If you can't visualize your goals, it usually means that you don't know what you really want out of them. Without knowing what you want out of your goals, it is hard to create a realistic plan of how you are going to get there. We're going to start our planning process by thinking through how we'd like each of our life domains to look by the end of 2020. And remember, we're trying to visualize and picture what these domains would really look like. The five life domains we are going to use are home and family, work and career, health, personal growth and ADHD management, and finally, fun. If you've been following since my last episode on reviewing your year, then take out the sheets where you filled out your domains from last year and read over what you wrote down. Give each domain a score of 1 to 10, and then try to give each domain a score you'd like to hit for 2020. And just as a note, if you make your goal to have every domain be a 10, you're way outside your Goldilocks zone. If you're at a 3 in family, jumping to a 7 in family is going to be pretty hard. You want to challenge yourself while still setting yourself up for success. Additionally, we are going to choose a domain that will be our primary focus for the year. Try and choose the domain that if you knocked it out of the park, that it would have a cascading effect on the rest of your life. Would getting a new job let you have more time at home with your family? Would focusing on your ADHD management let you be more present and focused for everything else? We've all got areas in our life that if we focused on upgrading would make everything else easier. Once you've selected your primary domain and scored where you want to be, start writing down what it would look like when you get there. What does life look like at a six in health? What are the things you are doing to maintain that level? What were the things you needed to do to get to that level? And we really want to be able to see ourselves at this level. If we can't imagine what life looks like at level six, then maybe we set our sights a little too high. If you are having trouble writing out what it would look like, then maybe try drawing a picture instead. That can be a great way to unlock what's inside your head. Now we're going to do this for all of our domains. Give yourself some time and think through where you want to be and how you are going to get there. Remember, we are planning our year. This means we aren't going to be doing all this stuff at once. Don't hold back here. 
Right now, we're just brainstorming. When we get into goal setting in a minute, we'll refine what we started here. As you think through your domains and where you want to focus your efforts for next year, a useful exercise is to try to think of a theme for the year. Just a word or sentence that you can use to sum up what you want to be the focus of the year. My theme for 2019 was, you are enough. I was going through a rough patch, and that was an important message to remind myself of. In 2020, I'm going with the theme of self-advocacy. This is a year that I want to focus on making sure that my needs are being heard. I can be a little shy about saying what I need, and I want to start making sure that I'm not just letting myself be a side character in my own story. Self-advocacy is going to mean standing up for myself and saying no more. But most importantly, it is going to be a reminder to myself that I need to make my own needs made clear, even if sometimes that means creating a little conflict. When you're picking your theme, try and think of something that you are going to need to hear throughout this next year. You want something that is going to empower you and remind you where you want to go every time you read it. Once you've got your theme picked out, put it someplace that you are going to see it every day. I also like to write my theme at the top of my monthly planning pages so I can keep it in mind while figuring out what I'm doing that month. Before we jump into goal setting, we need to make sure we understand the difference between process goals and outcome goals. I'm sure as you were writing down what you'd like out of each of your domains, you wrote down a number of outcome goals. When we are identifying what we want, we usually focus on the outcome. So we might say our goal is to lose 10 pounds. That's pretty straightforward. But if we were to write that out as a process goal, we would change our goal into what we think would lead to that same outcome. Instead of lose 10 pounds, we might write something like going to the gym a few times a week or changing our eating habits. While it is easier to start by writing the outcomes, it is often a good idea to rewrite our goals as process goals. That will give us a clearer picture of what we are actually going to be doing. Some outcome goals are very clear-cut, like lose 10 pounds. But what if instead I had a goal to spend more time with my family? That's a great idea, but when it comes time to review my goals, how am I going to measure that? If I change that to a process goal, it could instead be something like, I'm going to leave work at work and be home every night for dinner. And that's going to give me a much clearer metric to judge my success on. This doesn't mean I don't think that outcome-based goals don't have a place in our planning process. For example, if I really wanted to buy a hot tub, that's a hard goal to change into a process goal. Sure, there are processes like saving money for the hot tub that are important, but that process is never going to lead to the actual purchase of said hot tub. The real value of a process goal, though, is that it shifts your focus to what you can most control in your day-to-day -day life. If you are trying to save more money and have a goal of hitting some amount in your savings account, you might get completely thrown off by an unexpected bill. But if instead your goal is to put a certain amount away from each paycheck, you are not going to be thrown off the same way by those same unexpected things. Keeping this in mind for our goal setting, we're going to start looking at the first few months of the year. What are the goals in our various life domains that we can start working on? We aren't focusing on the entire year right now, just the beginning. So what do you want to start on? How are you going to set up the rest of the year for success? We don't need to plan out every goal we have right now, and it wouldn't even make sense to. In the next three months, life will change. That's okay. We can refine and update our goals as we go. Remember, this is just a guide. Nothing is set in stone. While we're doing this, I'd like you to also start filling out a not-to-do list for the year. ADHD can make it so that we want to do all of the things, but we can't. We've got to pick and choose what's most important. We can put things on our not-to-do list that are, yeah, things we'd like to do eventually, but that we're choosing not to do this year. By cutting down on what we want to do this year, 
we can focus on what matters most. Your not-to-do list can also have things you've learned that you need to stay away from. For example, I'm adding signing up for online courses to my not-to-do list. After looking at my track record during my end-of-year review in the last episode, I realized that online courses were one place I didn't need to sink in any more time or money. Well, at least for next year. Next, we're going to start filling in our calendar for the year. The first things we want to make sure that are in our calendars are the things that aren't going to move around. Anything that you know is going to come up over the next year, we want in our calendars. And we want these things in our calendars so that we can't inadvertently schedule over them. For example, I know I'm adding the 2020 International ADHD Conference as an event of my calendar, even though it's not until next November. Once you've got anything that can't move around, the next thing up is to plan out the time you're going to be taking off for the year. Yeah, we're going to do that at the beginning, because taking time off is important, and if we try to plan for it after everything else, we tend to let it get squeezed out. Figure out when you want to take that vacation time, and after you add it to your calendar, also add another event well before to plan out the actual vacation. Vacations don't just magically happen, so make sure you are giving yourself enough lead time to buy tickets and book accommodations. The amount of time you are going to need to plan your trip is completely subjective, but a good idea here is to take the amount of time you think you need and then add a month or two. I haven't always been great about taking time off, nor is it something I'm particularly good at right now, but it is something I'm working on. I always had trouble thinking of taking time off as taking a step backwards. But you know what's a lot worse? Being forced to take time off because you're burnt out. Vacation time is important. The next thing we're going to be adding to our calendar now is our planning time. As with everything else, we aren't just going to find time for it. And if you think planning is important, start making time for it now. What I like to do is set aside time every month to go over my yearly plan and then plan out my next month. I like breaking it down into monthly planning because even if I end up missing a month for some reason, it isn't going to be too long until my next scheduled planning session. Yeah, I'll probably miss a planning session or two this year. Life hits hard sometimes. But just because I miss one doesn't mean I can't come back and plan the next one. Next, we're going to start giving ourselves a rough timeline of when we want to complete some of the goals we outlined above. What I want you to do is look through your goals and pick the two to three goals that if they were the only things you managed to complete this year, would still make this year a win. These are the goals that are really going to make a difference in our lives, so we want to make sure that they are front and center on our task list. Start writing out the ways that you can make sure that you are following through with your intentions here. If you need some help coming up with strategies, I'm going to recommend going back and re-listening to Episode 9, Compassionate Ass-Kicking for the Win, and Episode 11, How to Make Time for the Important Stuff. Unless there is a specific reason that you need to put off working on them, you are going to want to try and get these goals done in the beginning of the year. ADHD and time blindness make us really good at procrastinating. A year is a long time, and it may feel like we've got a lot of time to complete everything on our list, but let me guarantee you, something is going to come up. Don't put these things off. If you want to have good results, it's a pretty simple recipe. Identify your most important thing, and then do that thing first. And let's slow down here for a second. Don't mistake simple for easy. With ADHD, it often isn't that we don't know what to do. It's that we don't know how to make it happen. I'd like you to consider for a bit the idea that your most important thing might actually be finding the ways to make all those important things happen. Unless you're lifting weights, you probably don't just need to try harder. Spend the time to really figure out what you need to do to make your goals happen. 
Our biggest threat here is assuming that the motivation we have right now is going to continue throughout the entire year. Make some plans for the bad times, for the times you don't want to do anything. If we're only planning for things when they are easy, then we aren't going to be able to follow those plans when times get hard. From experience, I can tell you, ADHD gives us a lot of hard times. But if we plan ahead, we can make those hard times a lot easier. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. I hope you got a lot out of today's episode, and if you did, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a rating and review on your podcast player. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. 1. Find your Goldilocks zone of challenge for goal setting. 2. Examine your life domains and choose one to focus on this year. 3. Rewrite your goals from outcome-based goals into process goals. 4. Once you have written down things with fixed dates into your calendar, you can schedule out your vacation and planning time before anything else. 5. Plan to do your two to three most important goals in the beginning of the year. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to reach out, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HackingYourADHD, or you can connect with me over at HackingYourADHD.com contact. For links and this episode's transcript, you can go to the show notes page at HackingYourADHD.com planning2020. If you're this far into the end of the show, you might also like to know about the other podcasts in the ADHD Rewired podcast network, which include ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers and ADHD Essentials with Brendan Mahan. And if you're checking out Brendan's show, be sure to look for my interview from earlier this month. All right, it's been a pleasure, and until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.